from Wisconsin Public Radio. This is Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall. We are talking about the theater today, in particular the theater at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Uh, which is which is the campus that that I work on every day, uh, but but across campus is Mary Leonard, who is with the U- University of Wisconsin La Crosse Department of Theater and Dance. First of all, Mary, welcome to Newsmakers today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Ezra. You've got an upcoming show that starts uh, April twenty first and runs through the thirtieth. Uh, it's a, a wonderful musical version of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which I can't wait to see, um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that later, but. That we're we're burying the lead here a little bit, Mary, because after uh, after quite a number of years, this is your last show at UWL. Yes, it is, and it's hard to believe. Um, I am retiring at the end of the semester, and I've been here since um, well, 1991. I was adjunct faculty between University of Wisconsin La Crosse and Viterbo, um, and then in 2000, I got the job here at UWL full time, and so. Uh, I've been here. I've been here for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is my 70th show here at UWL. Um, but I've done other shows at Viterbo and at the community theater and elsewhere. So, but this is number 70. Well, I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to play Barbara Walters or anything like that, but let me just, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that amazing career and, and, um, and how it's, it's, how it's been that that you have spent so many years dedicated to something as wonderful as bringing the theater to people, but not only that, uh, bringing the the theater to students. How did you first get involved in the theater? Well, well, that's a long story because I was, um, you know, I was only ten years old, and on kind of an accident, I was uh, asked to be in a play when they lost one of the kids in the play didn't um couldn't do it and my neighbor happened to be a director at this community theater where I grew up and I was kind of nervous and I thought oh I don't think I want to do it and my mom said oh you're always so dramatic at home I just go and put it on the stage and (laughs) it was the turning point in my life you know really and then at the age of 10 I declared to my parents I was going to be an actor and I and follow my dreams of theater and I never turned back <laughs> and um I majored in theater in college and went to graduate school in performance and directing and um and then I was thrown into a classroom as part of my graduate uh studies and I said well I'm not really sure I want to teach but yes I'll do this because it's part of my obligations as an assistant and I fell in love with it immediately and loved the interaction with students. And um, so that was the pre-show to my <laughs> show now. Then I, I oh gosh, I, um, I did a lot of, I used to live in the Twin Cities, did a lot of acting myself, did uh, acting at the Children's Theater, uh, did commercial work, um, a murder mystery company. I did all sorts of really fun things. And then, um, my husband, Joe Anderson, who is the costume designer here at UWL, got a job offer uh, down here. And I said, sure, why not? Let's go. And uh, we thought, oh, we'll just give it a couple of years, get our you know feet wet. And I had nothing going on in terms of a job here in La Crosse. But I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll freelance. And I put my resume out to the community theater and to the pump house and to other places. And I was getting nice little things here and there. And sometimes on the weekend, going back home to the Twin Cities. 
And then um, I was hired to direct a show here and then to teach a class and then two classes. And then pretty soon I was taking over for a, a gentleman who was going to become the dean. And I took over his classes for a year and I was so hooked uh, on on the students and I loved the direction. I loved directing. I loved the interaction. I loved seeing them transform themselves from nervousness, awkwardness, or, you know, just like self, like doubt to, to, you know, to the, the place of opening night where they're soaring and that has never gotten old. And it's, it's always new to me. And I, I, that's my favorite thing about about teaching and directing. Um, and I've been very fortunate to have such good experiences here. You said you you did uh, some work as an actor before before becoming a, a, a director and before coming here and teaching here, um, uh, although you mentioned your teaching in graduate school as well. But um, I, 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 a lot of people think when you get involved in, in theater, your primary goal is to go be famous or go sing on Broadway or act, uh, you know, on, on, on Broadway or something like that. Uh, and, and that anything short of that is, is sort of, uh, uh, sort of your, your second choice, but it sounds like you really became passionate about the teaching aspect very early. I did, but I still, in my mind, I still, I had, you know, well, I'd say back when I was in high school or something, I said, yes, Broadway bound. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then what I didn't know was how, um, how fantastic the theater scene was in the Twin Cities. And it, and it, and it was every bit as exciting and as uh, fulfilling um, and, uh, uh, probably cheaper than going out to New York. <laughs> and I went to New York to visit a good friend of mine who was just, when I had graduated from college and she was just trying to make it in the world. And I, I loved it so much, but I, I quite honestly, I missed the green, you know, I wanted to come back to where green was and um, New York was hustle bustle and fantastic. And look, if somebody had offered me a job, I'd be like, sure, I'll stay. But I, I didn't, I wasn't actively looking. I just didn't know that that would be a place where I'd want to land and live and try. Yeah. And I loved the twin cities and it's even more exciting now. And than it was when I was younger. And so I, I, you know, and I tell my students this, you know, Broadway is a fantastic dream, dream it, dream big. And I've had some students that have had success in New York, but I also say, don't be afraid to look around you. There is gorgeous and wonderful theater going on all over the place. And so, um, and I was, I, I guess it was just such a happy, you know, lucky thing that happened to me um, coming here to lacrosse. And I, I've never felt like, I, I, I really disagree with anyone that says, oh, well, if you can't do it, you just end up teaching. I just feel a little bit offended because I think, that's not so true. You know, mm -hmm. I, I am doing it every day in my classroom. I'm acting, I'm directing, I'm every day in, in a rehearsal. I'm, I'm fulfilling all the wonderful things that I have worked really hard on all my life. So I guess I feel very fulfilled, but I, I never dreamed that I would be a teacher, even in graduate school, even after graduate school, I thought I, I wouldn't be, but Fate had other ideas for me. <laughs> That's, it always does, right? 
Yes, yes. Um, so, so as as an actor, did you was there was there a role that you particularly latched on to, or that or that spoke to you more than others? Oh gosh, um, I you know I had such interesting experiences um, post graduate school, um, and uh, I. It's funny because I came here to do um, when we were doing uh, when I first got the job here at, at full time in 2000 and somewhere early on in like 2000, I don't remember, uh, three, something like that. I um, they asked me if I would be an actor in one of the shows as sort of, a you know, like, oh, it'd be good for your students to see you act and you could act with them. And we'll direct you. And and um, it involves my other a good friend of mine from Viterbo, Susan Rush. Um, and we both were the two leading women in the play called Trip to Bonifal. And my students were all part of it. And I was like, this is fantastic. I, I love this role. She's mean. She's rotten. The character I'm playing is just, just, and it, it's so fun to play that kind of role <laughs> because you can just allow yourself to do that. And then at the end of the day, you're so glad that you're not that person. Yeah. And you get to unleash all your uh, demons, I guess. Um, but it also was pivotal because I hadn't acted for a few years um, when I moved here and I started having all this doubt about myself and thinking, can I do this? Can I do this? And, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? And, and, um, this is, I have like three page monologues in this show. And I don't think I can do this. And well, anyway, um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I, I really had to, I had to show my students that you may not be confident, but you need to play the part of someone who's confident and that will suddenly appear to you. And um, so I had to practice everything I preached, <laughs> <laughs> which is really good for me and good for the students. And so I'm not afraid to to let them know that, oh, I'll make a mistake and I'll make it big. And um, and don't you worry because you're not perfect the first day of rehearsal. You know, you're just not. But that was that was in a trip to Vonifal and that's it was a beautiful play. And I I uh, that was kind of, that kind of is special to me. Looking um, starting back in your uh, adjunct faculty days in, in the early nineties, um, you must have just had hundreds of students uh, uh, cross your your desk, so to speak, or or participate in your productions. What's um what what are the the most important lessons you think uh, that that you've been able to uh, to teach them through? their involvement in the theater. Yes. Well, I always say to them, you know, people say, oh, theater is my life. And I say, well, don't let theater be your life. Let theater be your passion. And your life needs to be lived by, you know, surrounding yourself with people you care about and your family of friends and your, 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 um, all the experiences that you will ha you have in life, um, and then theater is your passion, and work hard and dedicate yourself to that. But also, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Um, don't be afraid to fall on your face a little bit. Just get up and put your shoes on and walk out that door. That's that's a big lesson. A lot of young students are very vulnerable, and they they start to self-doubt or self-critique way too much. And I come from a place of like kind of a nurturing way approach to teaching and, and directing because uh, 
you know, you have to have trust with each other when you're putting yourself into, you know, strange situations and shows and characters that you're not comfortable with in their skin yet. And the lesson, you know, I keep learning with them. I keep thinking, oh, I, I should, I should, I should go about this way, but I keep, I keep saying to my students, you know, make a choice, give it a try. If it's the wrong thing or if it doesn't work, you'll know, we'll know, we'll figure it out together. And it, and I think that's the most satisfying thing young young actors, young artists do is that they they think they need to be perfect on the first day and that would be too boring. <laughs> you know, they have to have time to grow and evolve and discover and feel like, ooh, the light bulb just went off. I know what she means now. Um, another thing I would say is a good lesson that I, I tell my students in in a camp. It actually comes from when when I teach improvisation class, because in the art of improvisation, you usually hear the saying, "You need to say yes to the situation." So if you don't say yes to your scene partner, by what the scene mm-hmm. partner says, "Let's let's go get ice cream," you need to say, "Oh yeah, that sounds great. I like you know something like that." But you. Um, you you have to like embrace the possibility and that's what i always tell my students is don't say no i mean say, say yes to the possibility i mean within reason of course you mm-hmm. know um, uh and whatever they do in in their classes and their artistic development you know you have to just really make it matter because when it, when you make it matter it matters to the audience it matters to yourself um, so those are top things that I've really taken. And um, I tell my students all the time, you know. You talked about the success of, of, of some of your students. Now, now most people who enter a theater program, even on a university level, are never going to work a day in New York. Um, what, how do you teach students about what constitutes success? Um, well, yes, <laughs> that is you know, sometimes that comes from the parents, you know, the parents will say now, is there going to be a job that my child can get after school? And well, there's a valid question. Right. It absolutely yeah. is. And so there are many times when, and that's why when you're looking for a school, we really like to sit down with the family and just talk to them about here, let's be honest. You know, we're not a job placement a school, you know, this university isn't, you know, you, you, you establish your major and, and you, you have doors in which you can open to try to get, you know, get into a career. Um, but theater in the arts world in, in general, um, it, it's not like that. You don't just, oh, by the way, here's your job after you graduate. So-and-so yeah. um, we have we have uh, apprenticeships, internships, job opportunities that we can guide them to and say, here's a place, like, what, where do you want to go after graduation? Oh, you want to go to Chicago? Well, these are the things that we know about in Chicago. Here's the things we know about here. These are the connections you can make. Um, uh, we talk to them about some of, some of our students uh, go to the graduate school route um, and we can help them, you know, get into places that would be good and beneficial for them. There's unified auditions all the time. We even have a group of students that have been uh, out in New York for a long time, started way back a long time ago and in L.A. and in Minneapolis and a few in Chicago, now in Florida, too, where if I say, oh, I know so-and-so is down in uh, Florida or so-and-so is out in LA or so-and-so is out in New York. Here's their number. 
give them a call or text them or email them. And I guarantee you, if you say I'm a theater major at UWL, these are my, my alums, they will say, oh, yeah, you can stay on, on my couch while you go. And I'll tell you all the places to go and get your resume you know, in the door. And our, our own students, and this is what's so fantastic and so wonderful, they really take care of anybody. If you say, I'm a theater major from UWL, they will say, oh, come on out, you know, let me, let me, let me guide you, or I'll just answer your list of questions that you have. And they've taken the time to answer the questions. Mary Leonard and, is our guest today on, on Newsmakers. She's a professor in the Department of Theater and Dance at the University of Wisconsin, La Crosse. Uh, we've been talking with her about uh, her, her career, which at least on an official basis is coming to an end after this semester in terms of her professorship at UWL. Uh, her last show will be Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is coming up, uh, be opening on April 21st. And we're going to talk about that uh, uh, in, in just a moment here on Newsmakers. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with our program, you can always email us. We're at newsmakers at WPR.org. That's newsmakers at WPR.org. We'll be back in just a moment on Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. Wisconsin Public Radio. I'm Ezra Wall in our in our studios on the campus of UWL, where I am speaking with Mary Leonard, who's just across campus, uh, and she's a professor of theater at in the Department of Theater and Dance, and is directing the upcoming program, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Mary, it'll be your last pro, uh, your last show at UWL. Uh, tell us about for those the, for those unfamiliar with the story. Tell us about Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. A lot of people do know the movie, and I'm not trying to think of when the movie came out. I'm not really sure. In the 80s. Uh, 80s? Well, the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels came out in the 80s, and uh, I yeah. read, reading up on, on this show, I read that it was based on the story of a Marlon Brando, David Nivens movie, which came out in the 60s and was called Oh my gosh, else. yes, that's right, that's yeah. right. And then the musical Broadway uh, was out in the uh, late 19, 1990s, I think, early 2000s. The musical... I think is better than all of them. I mean, people love the the movie, but uh, the uh, the musical is just silly fun. Um, it's laugh out loud funny, and of course, without giving it away, it's about um, uh, two con artists that try to con their way through. Uh, people's lives. They're pretty shallow people. <laughs> trying to, and uh, then they meet their maker, I say. They meet the they meet the jackal that's going to be the <laughs> break of their con career. But um, it's all done with great dance. <laughs> great. My new dance faculty colleague is just fantastic. Um, great singing uh, as my um, my music colleague, my theater music colleague, voice teacher is just done wonders to our, our students' voices and just funny script. It's just a wonderful and fun evening. Um, I guarantee it's laugh out loud funny. And it, it opens, as I said, on April 21st and runs through the 30th. Uh, how many, uh, there's the three main cast members uh, in this. How many students are involved in this production? Well, we have, oh gosh, I want to say, well, we have over when you think of all the, the stage management team and the yeah, casting, yeah, yeah. we have at least 20, uh, 
for cast members and uh oh boy i would say i'm gonna get it wrong but maybe 50 people or 45 people working on this plus faculty all like designers and my, my colleagues are, are designing sound and lights and uh, uh, soundboard engineer and it's just a massive amount of people that i don't think anyone realizes you know uh, take part in this. And then today they were setting up for the orchestra, which is huge. And that's a whole nother contingent. Uh, so, you know, I'm, we're like in the, all the, the students that work in the scene shop and the costume shop throughout the time. So it's hundreds of people when you think about it. Well, yeah. and, and, uh, you were talking about just the, the, uh, educational value of, of coming through the theater, but, but really in, in terms of the roles that people play, uh, acting is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there, there are, there are people from virtually every trade involved in making a theatrical production go. Yes. And th that's what we always tell when we talked about earlier about how, how do you, you know, validate a student who wants a career in theater. Well, theater jobs are just sometimes our majors or uh, our design majors or our um, and soundboard or stage management majors or arts and men majors all in the theater department they go get jobs in not theater they're in the entertainment business or they're in something else or they're um there are so many facets that come and make this whole picture outside things that have nothing to do with acting that are are needed and essential to the to the total creation of the performance piece not just acting you're right how long have the students been working on this show? Well, um, we've been working on it since, um, gosh, I want to say last, uh, boy, I think December we had a concept meeting and then we we hit the ground running actually in rehearsals the um, in February. Uh, and we've, let's see, then we had spring break and we came back after spring break and just went full tilt into it. But uh we you know we do six shows a year so yeah. we're overlapping and waiting for one show to end before the and sometimes the creation of the other show is happening in the scene shop while the other show is going on so it's a pretty uh multi-layered <laughs> place here so you're uh, when when you're getting a show ready that that early like is that that uh that early meeting that's happening so many months before the production yeah. is the cast already set at that point or is it like how how early are these students auditioning for roles in in the yes. shows that they're in we did have we did have auditions last december at the end of our semester our first semester we did have auditions and we cast the show so that people could you know, prepare in advance. And that's something that we really want them to do is to think about it, to, to, to learn the music as much as they possibly can. Um, and so, uh, that has been in place and they knew, they knew starting this semester that they were already in the show. So, um, and it's helpful for the designers because they can, you know, think about the costumes for that particular person. And it's helpful for, um, the voice teachers to be able to get a head start on helping with vocals and and you you uh, mentioned uh, working with other faculty on this uh, on this uh, production. Obviously, the director doesn't work alone. Uh, who, right. who are the other uh, staff that you're working with? Yes, well, I have um, my fantastic uh, musical director is our voice teacher, and her name is Catherine Skemp Moran. And she is not only uh, teaching vocals, but she's also conducting the orchestra, which is another <laughs> job on top of that. And our new dance faculty, Ashley Dobergrotz, is just fantastic. 
uh, brand new. She's creating a, a whole new theater dance minor. Um, and she's the dance is just sensational in this. And I have a wonderful student stage manager, Carson Krieger, who is a senior. And this is their um, final capstone project. And that's pretty exciting. My colleague across the hall, Megan uh, Mori, is my scenic designer. Um, I have a student, Tracy Joe, lighting designer. And oh, gosh, I hope I don't forget anybody. Um Oh, my husband, Joe Anderson, is doing the costume Oh, please don't forget Joe. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And other other students assistant stage managing, and my uh, colleague Lori is our production manager, and um, Mandy Colby is my props. So we've got, we've got, m- most most of my colleagues are all hands on, on deck for this show, uh, doing something. And, and uh, the show uh, is April 21st through the 30th, and there are various uh, times and days that the tickets are available for, and uh, people can find that information at UWL's uh, website, I would imagine. Yes, that's right. The theater site. You could just Google in theater and you'll, you'll, you'll find the box office information and everything. So uh, UWL's website is uwlax.edu, or you can just uh, search for UWL Theater on uh, Google or, or wherever else. Yes. Mary, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to have talked to you about, about this show, but also to, her, to have heard uh, about your career and how much it means to have been involved in, uh, in the arts in our community for so long. Thank you very much for joining us today on Newsmakers. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Mary Leonard is professor in the Department of Theater and Dance at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. And uh, speaking of UWL, coming up next on Newsmakers, uh, the uh, revival of the uh, summer musical, which is not just a student production, but something that you could be involved in. Uh, And we'll find out more details about that from uh, another UWL professor right after this. If you'd like to uh, revisit our conversation with Mary, uh, if you missed part of it, or if there's a part of another show that you might have missed over the last uh, few weeks or months, all of our programs are archived on our website, which is WPR.org slash newsmakers. That's WPR.org slash newsmakers. We're continuing in just a moment here on Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. Wisconsin Public Radio. This is Newsmakers. I'm Ezra Wall in our lacrosse studios, joined by Greg Parmeter, who is uh, the assistant professor in the Department of Theater and Dance at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. Greg, welcome back to Newsmakers. Thank you. It's good to be back. So we're talking about the relaunch of of something very exciting. People who have been lacrosse around the lacrosse arts scene uh, for a while will know that there's a, a history of uh, a lot of arts, arts organizations kind of, there's a lull in the summertime, but at UWL historically, there has been this great opportunity, not just for students from UWL, 
but also uh, students from other institutions in town and members of the community and everything to come together and get involved in a summer musical. And you are starting it up again. Yeah, it's it's been five years. Um, part of that was was uh, the COVID interruption. Um, but also we had two summers where we were in the uh, planning and execution stages of a complete rigging overhaul in the Tolan Theater, which is our main theater on campus. So those circumstances sort of conspired together to put a moratorium on the summer show. And uh, we've finally gotten back to a place where the facility is ready to do it. Our students are ready to do it. And our program demands it. Um, the, the, the summer musical has always been this wonderful opportunity for all of the arts organizations in town, community members, university students to come together to create art. And it, it has a long history here in the community, because as you mentioned, for a long time, none of the, the theaters in town were doing locally produced theater during the summer. And we've seen an uptick of that. And delightfully so. Um, anytime we can get more theater and, and serve audiences, it's wonderful for all of us. But this is an opportunity to bring us all back together and, and start what, what really was a grand tradition here in La Crosse. So what what have uh, some of the productions you've done over the years? What what kind of musicals are you, are you producing in the summertime? Oh, there's been a wide range from um, delightful family fair um, like Camelot several years ago. Um, we've done Rent as part of the summer musical program. The most recent one we did was the comedy, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which is, of course, a a, a delightful and fun musical comedy. So it's it's been the entire spectrum of of musical theater that's out there and that's that's really been what's unique about it is it it hasn't ever been just one style of musical or one type of performance it really has been something that the entire um um canon of musical theater has been a part of and so that was that was one of the things we took into consideration when we were looking at at the shows we were producing despite the fact that it was you know, that gap of five years, we wanted to ask, well, what haven't we produced in the season for a while? And um, one style that I think is, has been missing in recent years is that that golden age style musical. So that's how we landed on Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Yeah, you it's uh, you kind of stole my uh, my next question, which is how did you how did you pick Cinderella? But uh, if, if anybody hasn't seen uh, Cinderella, talk about what makes that show so great. As as a faculty, we got together, and the first the question that we had to start with, above anything else, was, um, did we even want to reintroduce doing the summer musical? Because the logistics of doing it, the demands on our time over the summer, um, when we're otherwise preparing for the next semester and not on contract were considerable. So before we could even begin to talk about shows, we had to talk about where, whether or not we had the wherewithal to produce the show. And um, the resounding answer from both our students and the faculty was, yeah, it was too special of a tradition. It was too good of an opportunity in the summer to let go. And then we had to ask, all right, it's been five years. And there are some people who that's long enough that they no longer consider that part of their, you know, regular habit or regular traditions. So how do we bring people back to our theater over the summer when they haven't been able to do it for years? And so 
we have to think about how we bring people into the door, but how we serve our students, which is still a priority of the summer musical. How do we get those opportunities for the students attending UWL, but also what kind of a show is going to draw in community members? So we looked at <laughs> dozens of different shows that that met the the uh, logistical requirements of how many actors and the technical aspects of it. We looked at different styles that would meet the singers that we know we have here and the actors that we have here. But also we felt we needed to choose something that was a little bit different what other theaters were producing here in town. Um, this summer. And so, you know, we looked at, at Rent being done here in May, Legally Blonde coming up. And at that point, it was classic musical is where we needed to go. And I personally adore Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> their their scores, the music is is second to none in musical theater. And Cinderella just has that that beautiful story, that beautiful style of music that, that people really know and and are attracted to. Um, kids like it, adults like it. And so it was an opportunity to bring all kinds of different people together. So that, that that's where the decision to do Cinderella came from. And um, if you if you know Cinderella, you know the story. But the uh, script that we're doing is actually based on the um, uh, Whitney Houston Brandy television version that was done in the early 2000s. So it's, it's updated from the original Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, script from from the 1960s it's been updated it's a little bit more contemporary um it's a little bit funnier and it's a little bit more fun so when you come to the show you get that that full experience there's there's some really moving beautiful moments and some beautiful songs um but there's also just some wacky wacky fun comedy in the show as well so i, I it, it's it's the perfect summer musical because you're going to come to the theater and be transported you're going to come to the theater and it's going to feel like something special something different so how when when you're putting together a show like that how do you know when you're striking the right balance uh so that the purists are going to go oh here are the songs that i love and uh a more uh an audience with more modern sensibilities is going to go oh here's a more relatable way to tell this familiar story and yet the purists are not going to go uh oh gross right and th that that is the challenge um thankfully there's a reason why rogers and hammerstein shows are great there's a reason why this score in particular is so well loved it's because it's outstanding it's excellent and then it's just about being careful about how you present the material that's there. And this particular book, this particular version of it, really captures that that sensibility of Ro that Rodgers and Hammerstein had in the original, but allows a more contemporary view. Because let, let's be honest, the story of Cinderella for some is very dated. There's that there's that idea of Cinderella being a damsel in distress who's only saved by, you know, the the machinations of the fairy godmother and the fact that she's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so she attracts the prince. This particular script captures the idea that that Cinderella takes her own fate into her own hands and she takes the chances she needs to do. She is the own hero in her story. She gets 
that help from aside. But that's that's part of the hero's journey. Like no hero in any story, when we talk about these kind of stories, does it all on their own. They all have sort of that supernatural help, that aid. But at the end of the day, they're the ones still having to fight the dragon, to go on the journey, to go on the adventure. And in this case, Cinderella very much takes control of her destiny. And my favorite thing about this book is she doesn't win over the prince because she's the most beautiful woman at the ball. She wins over the prince because she's kind, she's smart, she's clever, and she challenges him. She inspires him as a person and not just attracts him for her looks or her beauty. And so that there's a wonderful message there for people about what truly makes someone beautiful. And it goes so much more deep than, than the skin of what they look like. It really is how somebody somebody takes and touches your soul, your mind, your heart, all of those things. And I, I think that's a way that this story is modernized that reads to contemporary audiences that are used to those 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 heroines in in modern stories that really are rescuing themselves as opposed to waiting for the handsome prince to come waltzing down the mountain or out of the palace and slaying the dragon. Young girls especially, and even young boys, no longer accept that because they no longer expect that as being the paradigm. It's it's a different world than even when you and I were growing up. And, and being the father of two children, one boy and one girl, I think that is much, much better that they can see themselves as the hero, but they can also see women being the hero at the same time that men get to be the hero. And this book captures that idea. The arts really speak to people uh, on a level and in a way that most aspects of our lives really don't. I mean, people really attach themselves to, well, the, the music that they listen to or the books that they consume or the theater that they watch or whatever. And you talked about your own children and wanting this to be sort of a model for for them or for people of their age. And I'm wondering, uh, uh, talking about the influence of the arts in our lives, how much is is uh, any production that you're going to put on how much of is it important for it to be a reflection of the times that we are already in versus a, a challenge uh, looking forward to the way things could be in our future? This is the great role of art in our lives, and it's always the debate: Does art hold a mirror up, or does art, you know, change how things are? And I, I think art can do both. And, and for me, um, every show that I do has in some way, shape, or form to be an expression of who I am as a person and how I would like the world to be and how I would like the world to, to look. That's the power of the arts above all else is it does have the ability to, to change minds, to touch hearts, to inspire people to doing something um, maybe that they're not used to or they don't know about, but can open their eyes. And I mean, my favorite quote about theater comes from Oscar Wilde. And Oscar Wilde talked about how he regarded the theater as the greatest of all art forms, because it was the single best way for human beings to share with one another the sense of what it is to be a human being. And that has been a guiding principle for me in my work in theater for the last probably 15 years since I encountered that quote. 
is my opportunity to share with people in the audience that sense of humanity. It's it's the story of who we are, of where we've been and where we're going. And as artists, we have a responsibility to inspire people to be better, to do something more, and to influence our society and our culture. And we can do that by bringing people together. I mean, theater is in many ways the, the great equalizer because you bring people from all different walks of life, both into witness the event as audience members, but also to participate in the event. And, and my feeling is there is no witness to theater. We're all witnesses, but we're also all creators of theater. Even the audience has incredible power to impact the performance just in in being there and how they how they participate as as viewers of it so we can bring people of all walks of life and share a story together and find commonality that breaks through to the next level if we can find commonality in this small way if we can experience what it is to 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 love to lose to fight battles in a safe environment which we know at the end of the day we can go home but we're still changed by that that event that performance then as artists, we have to take every opportunity to attempt to make the world a slightly better place every time we put something out there on the stage. Uh, we're talking to Greg Parmeter, who's a, a, a theater professor at UWL, and we're talking about the summer musical, which is coming back after a five-year hiatus, uh, and they're doing Cinderella, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Um, Greg, there are no, this is not Disney Cinderella. There are no mice. There are no birds masquerading as textile artists or anything like that. But tell me, tell me about the cast that you're looking for. Well, we're, we're, we're looking for, um, members of the community and members of both universities to come in to help tell this story. Um, the classic story about Cinderella of, of the, the abused and forgotten girl. Um, who's taken advantage of and denied what is hers. And this is her opportunity to change her fate, to change um, who she's seen by her society. So I'm always looking for people who who want to be a part of, of telling a larger story. And um, this is one of those stories that I think, while it feels old-fashioned to some, requires people who have a desire to have a little bit of fun, to make a little mischief, and also to to share something of themselves with an audience. So, you know, we're looking for <laughs> we're looking for anybody that has a desire to be on stage and to share a bit of themselves with the community. In terms of the the actual roles in the in in the show, um, are are most of them going to be uh, student roles, or or is there a chance that somebody from the community might show up and wow you and get to be uh, a, a more significant character? God, I hope they do. <laughs> and that's that's one of the things that 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 uh, I think some people tend to to forget about um, this this process is though it's being produced by UWL and it is part of our program, the value of this is to give our students the opportunity to work with other people who might be professionals in their own right, um, community members that they can make connections with that may benefit them moving on. And my, my, my feeling on as a director is, is I'm rooting for everybody who auditions for me because at the end of the day, casting a show is, is, is a challenge. And I want everybody who gets up to be a solution to a problem. 
right? So every time somebody walks in the door and they're going to perform, we have this misconception that, that you know, directors are, are sort of, you know, cold, calculating, and, you know, it's not a a supportive audience, whereas every person who walks in on that stage, I want them to be great. I want them to be great because that solves a problem for me. And if everybody walks in the door and they're all great, that's a whole different problem, but it's a lot easier of a problem to deal with. So, you know, absolutely, a community member could come in and and be a, a, a lead in this show or a significant member of the ensemble. And God, to be honest, I hope they do, because I think that also benefits our students to understand that in the real world, there is real competition for roles. And, and I, I think every university student, whether they're at Viterbo, whether they're at UWL or any of the other campuses around the country with theater programs, um, theater departments can get a little bit insulated. Um, and so the, the students sometimes forget that when they get out there in the professional realm and they start auditioning, there's going to be added competition. There's going to be people who are older and more experienced than you. There's going to be people who are more age appropriate for certain roles, which we don't always get to do at the university. Most of the time we're, we're casting, you know, young 20 somethings in all age brackets where this is an opportunity for us to have a more realistic yeah. representation of the characters on stage. When you're looking at members of the community coming in for this, uh, talk about um, what value you expect a person to be able to find in being hands-on involved in the arts in a way that they're not always in their day-to-day -day lives. Everyone needs that creative outlet. And and I always say actors are actors, whether whether you've decided to pursue it as a career or not, there's an actor in all of us. And the opportunity to come in and share that work with other people and not just an audience. People think, you know, performance is the real, you know, value and the real goal. But really, it's that day to day process of sharing, of, of making connections with another person on stage. Um, that's that's where the real benefit is. And, and my hope is that those community members who do come in and audition and are part of the show also are able to share their experiences with our students, their, their knowledge, their wisdom, the things that they have been through and that they've discovered. And so suddenly it becomes a, a, a situation where it's, it's not transactional amongst everybody there. It's, it's an opportunity to share experience together and to collaborate on something greater than we are as individuals. So my, my hope is always that that when people come in the door, not only do they benefit our students, but they benefit from the culture that, that our students are, are creating here at UWL. So now that you've sold them, what do they have to do? <laughs> so auditions are coming up April 24th and 26th. Um, and for more information on that, they, they need to either go to the uh, Department of Theater and Dance's website um, through uwl.edu or they can um, email me directly, uh, gparmeter at uh, uwlax.edu. And I can give them the additional information, but they're going to come in, they're going to sing a song, they're going to learn some choreography, and, and hopefully have a good time, as opposed to that terrifying process of auditioning that some people think auditioning is. We try to make it a little bit easier and a little bit more fun for people that haven't done it in a while. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if, if, if somebody's an experienced actor, it doesn't matter if they've never done a show before, or it's been 20 years since they were in, we want to make the process 
um, a little less stressful for them. So um, you'll come in, you'll sing a song, you'll do a little dance, and then we'll see about maybe we'll read some stuff from the script. I don't know yet. So who picks the song? <laughs> That'll be my musical director, Kristen Friedland, who's a community member who is has been hired to do the show. Um, she's done some work at the community theater and the schools in town and wonderfully talented. So I'm very excited. And um, our choreographer for this show is Ashley Dobergosh, who is our new dance faculty at UWL since we were able to add an official minor. She has been leading our dance program all year and is a wonderful choreographer and an incredible teacher on top of it. Well, that sounds great. I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the musical this summer. And for those interested, auditions are on the 24th and the 26th with information at uwlax.edu, right? That's correct. Greg Parmeter is assistant professor of theater and dance at uh, UWL. Thank you very much for joining us again, Greg. Thank you for having me. It's Newsmakers from Wisconsin Public Radio. There are a couple of opportunities to catch our show every week. We're on Friday morning at 10 on the Ideas Network, 90.3. We're on Friday night at 7 on NPR News and Music, 88.9. And we're always online at wpr.org slash newsmakers. My producer is Kate Spranger. I'm Ezra Wall. Join us again next time for another Newsmakers here on Wisconsin Public Radio. Our daughter's looking dreamy-eyed. The prince is giving a ball. They say he wants to find a bride. He may find one at the ball. If only he'd propose to me. I pray that he'll propose to me. Why shouldn't he propose to me? I wish I hadn't married Sam. Pull in your little diaphragm. I'm in a pink brocade. And me, I'm in the satin gray. It's Royal Highness Christopher Bad, son of Her Majesty Queen Constantina, son of Ermintrude, Maisie. Maisie. I wish I were a younger girl. I wish I were an older girl. The prince is giving a ball. The prince is giving a ball. His Royal Highness Christopher Bird, son of His Majesty King Maximilian, Gabriel Ladislaus, Leopold Sydney, Sydney, Sydney.